This is the Show It Off podcast, where we are shamelessly and unapologetically confident. I am your host, Sarah Fayshoff, confidence coach, yoga and meditation teacher, and founding director of the self-esteem building nonprofit youth program, Miracle Girls. This podcast is to support you on your journey to being the most authentic, bold, and confident you have ever been. I am teaching the ABCs to self-love, Sarah Faye style. I share tools that work, entertaining conversations, and inspiring stories every Monday here on the Show It Off podcast. I have a lot more for you, including the five-video Yoga for Confidence virtual class series, which you get for free when you enter your email at sarahfayshoff.com. The link is in the bio. And the online education experience, Peacock School, 28 Days to Confidence, which moves you through assignments that when completed, make you feel more confident, help you to start and keep new habits that build your new self-loving life, and much more. To access Peacock School, go to peacock.school. Now, let's get into the episode. Today, I have a very special episode for you guys. I interview my dear sister friend and CEO of Mahina Cup, Alila Grace. Alila parents, runs her business, and communicates with a lot of intention, a lot of love for herself, for the planet, a lot of confidence. She's also willing to learn and to explore more deeply how she can be a better person all the time. I'm very inspired by our friendship, and I knew you guys would benefit just from hearing her words and a conversation between the two of us. So we're going to go ahead and get into the episode, look in the link for, in the bio for all of her links so you can get to know Alila better. Okay. I hope you guys enjoy. That combination Mm. is really clutch for me. And I know that the people who listen to this podcast are going to be inspired by your story and um, excited by your example, just like I am. So thank you for making the time because I know very well how busy you are. (laughs) Thanks, Mama. I'm excited to be here. And I just feel like any um, woman or man or person who hears an inspiring story that I could be an expander for or that I could offer an example of how to really live in our mission and live in our truth and live in our passion, um, that really lights me up. And so I'm just really um, excited and honored to be here with you because I know too how much you're putting yourself out there and really watching you shine as a confidence coach and coming into the world and coming into yourself. And I'm honored to support you and to support um, your tribe and to also share whatever wants to come through this um, conversation and experience today. It's really exciting, actually. I never know what's going to come out of my mouth, and it's epic. <laughs> No, that's what I was thinking before I called you. I was like, let's see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And you touched on one of the main things that I think, well, I know and I feel makes you so powerful as a woman and as a businesswoman and as a mama and as a friend is that who you are in your business as a mama and as a friend are all in line with each other. And like, that's what I love about when I read your emails or anything you post on Instagram. I'm like, that's exactly how it feels when you're just (laughs) one-on-one with Alila. And that's beautiful. You have to like, not you, but anybody Mm. who um, is putting themselves out there in any Uh way, not just online, you know, but Mm -hmm. to another person, being authentic is key 
because you have to it's the only, only way to be sustainable right and so i can't yes. like keep up the persona for long yeah and, uh, you know it, it's so um, beneficial to be authentic and you are such an example of that and i just love that about you thank you and you know what's so funny is often people come to me like i have this gift of being an absolute communication superstar yes. and you're also one of the people who i remember when we first started deepening in our friendship you're like even the way you text message is so eloquent and it's yes. so funny because i've heard that feedback from many many women i'm like i don't know this is just how i talk i you it know is. i i have some kind of communication superpower and it's interesting because as I'm working with more and more women and a lot that comes up around just like how to set really good boundaries how to speak into my needs how to speak what I need without feeling apologetic or bad for needing certain things that may or may not um, trigger this person or be in alignment with person or whatever it is and the thing that I keep saying is you know what that person will actually feel more safe and more trusting when you speak fully your truth. And I think that's something that women really need to recognize is I'm actually doing myself a disservice by beating around the bush and not being in my full authentic voice. Because when I step into my full authentic voice and my truth, the other person can't help to feel really safe. And of course, there's so many ways that we can do that to make it gentle and graceful and compassionate and non-triggering however Uh I just want to give women especially um, the invitation to know that when you speak into your truth authentically rawly perfectly messily beautifully whatever it is for you other people will actually feel more safe because they no longer have to guess what you're feeling or if you're feeling okay yes That guesswork, that uncertainty, that is um, a trigger for me, you know? Yes. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? Is there something under the surface? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, definitely. And I I think that that's, I remember like having that conversation with you, like one of the first times we hung out where I was like, wow, you said that really kindly, but yet you were really, (laughs) you were really authentic and you were really like, like direct Mm -hmm. is the word I'm Mm -hmm. looking for. Because for me, I learned that lesson the hard way. And I see now, I see why now as an adult, like when I'm talking to certain people in my family or my, um, Mm. from that I knew as a child, I'm like, dang, that was kind of (laughs) harsh, you know? And I realized like, that's what was was my example and what I, what I learned, but I'd have like true friends who loved me enough to, um, like teach me and not just Mm. leave me when I hurt them or whatever. I would just be so direct and not um, wrap my words in any sort of cushion that they could like receive. Mm. I just thought, look, I I know what I want to say. I have no problem saying it. Mm. And so I think that's kind of like the more rare of, of issues, like more commonly, I think women just, especially women, maybe all people, people tend to just not say, you know, what's on their mind and Mm -hmm. keep it quiet. Um, but what I love about what I'm trying to say is that you taught me is to be direct, but say it with a lot of kindness. Mm-hmm. And um, or you just reminded me of that as, in a real, as a really great example. So thanks for that. You do have yeah. a lot of words. Thank you. I think the, the, the thing that's most um, challenging is when people go into passive aggressive um, language, like yes. um, they'll say something like, oh, you're so annoying. Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Or, or, you know, like loaded comments that aren't really action planned or from a place of needs, you know, and and my favorite thing, I'm going to give you one of my favorite tips. I told this to a sister the other day, I was dialoguing with her and kind of supporting her to um, set more boundaries with her um, boss and what that looked like. And the thing that I told her that works for me every time is if you have something that may be triggering, um, always starting with, I'm creating the story that. So like, I'm creating the story that um, by you not washing your dishes, it's reminding me of that time when my mother would freak out at me or whatever it is, you know, with a boyfriend, I'm creating a story that when you don't call me right 
back right away that you're chatting with other women. And that's why I'm yes. freaking out because my last yes. boyfriend cheated on me or whatever it is. But yes. starting with that, I'm creating a story that it automatically does something for you that you go, oh, this is a story that I'm creating and I'm taking 100% responsibility yes. for the emotions that I'm feeling because this is a story that I'm creating. And then the other person goes, wow, that's a story that they're creating. They're not telling me what my experience is. They're telling me what their experience is. Yes. And then they kind of like aren't on the defense. Yes. That literally happened to me last night. Wow. Yes. Last Amazing. night, I um, went over to the house of the guy that I'm dating, and he was acting different than he normally does. Mm. And it was because he was tired, and I'd actually never seen him tired. Like, he just has a ton of energy, you know? Yes. But he didn't, like, no, he wasn't like, hi, I'm tired. Like, he was just, hi, you know? And I'm like, something's different. Right. And as a child in my house, my parents fought a lot, but they would try to pretend like they weren't fighting. And so mm. I always had, as a kid, was kind of like, what's this underlying Mm-hmm. energy in the house like something's different right. like what's right. going on you know what I mean I'd start like like a wolf like sniffing out yes. the issue oh yeah so even though like obviously being tired isn't offensive to me you know but the <laughs> fact that something was different I yes. felt triggered and yes. I I started off with like um are we okay like are you mad at me about something like w- like I just was like trying to figure out what it was right and he was looking at me like no like why would I be mad at you and then I was like I realized right in that moment because by the look mm. on his face it was like a mirror I was like oh I'm going to crazy town you know right and I was like actually what I'm realizing is and I didn't have that language that you just said um, I'm creating a story I really like that I think I said something like um like how I just told you like oh when I was a kid when something was different it would like mean trouble and so I'm just like sensing like that same feeling right now and I know it has nothing to do with you and he was like oh my god babe I'm so tired like <laughs> you know like we just yeah. launched this course together and you know Beautiful. it's been taking a lot of bandwidth and I'm like yeah <laughs> I'm just used to being tired because I'm yeah mom, so I'm like totally. <laughs> you're like Whatever. that's just my norm <laughs> I've pushed through that one three and a half years ago <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been tired for like four years so I'm yeah good. But like being a mom is its own superpower. Like I am amazed that not everybody can do what we can do, especially men. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be like gender offensive and I love men and their strength yeah, and their men. power. Love yeah. men. I just want to say that like being a mother is a fucking superpower. It is. The like, cat like reflexes that I uh, <laughs> like. What is that? I'm amazing. Totally. I'm a ninja ever since I gave birth. I can totally. Yes. Mid air, and I've seen yes. you do it, and you're like, "What? You don't even think anything of it?" <laughs> no. like, Sorry, like, I, I don't just... have time for that spill. <laughs> yeah, I don't have time for that spill. I don't have my child to fall on their face right now. <laughs> it's such a good point, though. Like, I don't have time for the spill. Like, I'm just like, I don't have time for this mess. Do you understand me? Yeah, I mean that's why. <laughs> It's not yeah. because I want to be a ninja. It's because totally. I need more time. <laughs> yes. what I want to do. <laughs> time is of essence. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so let's talk about you being a mama a little bit because that's another one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on the show because um, we had, we meaning me and the people who are listening and my thoughts, had an episode <laughs> about being a siren mama and it's definitely been one of the most popular episodes and I know that a majority of the people who listen to this um, podcast are not only mamas but also unattached siren mamas like you and me. Like kind of tip the glass more in the masculine zone. Mm-hmm. I always remember like my feminine power mm-hmm. and if I no, not always because if I forget that I'm, I'm not happy. I don't feel mm-hmm. good. And so an unattached siren mama is one who mothers from her femininity, who teaches her children that her pleasure, that her self care, that her rest is a priority, mm-hmm. um, who brings in what she wants to her life by being a magnet. So the, the siren mama is the flower and she just like sits there while the bees come and make the, the honey happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Making than, the nectar. Yes. <laughs> rather than going out and getting it. And I think that um, 
like, especially if you are a mom without a partner, it can be really easy to be like, all right, I got to roll up my sleeves and drive mm-hmm. hard and, you know, and like mm-hmm. spearhead this kit, you know, and like, this is going to mm-hmm. happen. But like, unless you are just a person who is dominant in your masculinity, which is fine, um, that's not going to work for you, you know? And it certainly didn't work for me. So when I decided, okay, I am a woman. I am a feminine woman. I find my power through my femininity. I became much more powerful when I gave birth to this child. Like Mm -hmm. I am a different person and I Mm -hmm. like that person. I'm stronger. It's really um, owning that, like not afraid to be sexy, not afraid to prioritize like dating and fun and the things that make you feel like a girl, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and doing it, you know, primarily independently and maybe finding a different way for support like community other mamas a nanny a great school (laughs) you know calling in that support in different ways other than just like one man like depending on one man to do it all for us yeah absolutely so um like you said I am recently transitioning from the family structure into an unattached siren mama and what's really interesting is I was thinking about earlier um, for those of you that don't know anything about me I am the CEO of Mahina Menstrual Cup and um, when I started this business I was in a different relationship living in India um, kind of birthing projects with my partner at the time. So kind of like having a a father and our babies, we were doing retreats together. We were teaching yoga workshops. We were making hula hoops and doing hula hoop workshops. And so everything we were doing, we were kind of birthing together. So we had this like family kind of feeling and um, it was a very, it became really codependent and toxic in its codependency because I became scared to speak my truth and speak my needs because he was um, financially supporting me and emotionally guiding me. Mm. And we were living in India at the time. And so I was like, I can't be poor and stuck in India. Like that's not an option. And so I silenced Mm -hmm. a lot of my needs and desires and unhappiness in the relationship to kind of just feel like, I could make it work. And um, at that point, I, I got to this moment where I was like, I just, I can't do this anymore. I went, I did what I always do, which for me is I go to my altar, or to my yoga mat or my sheepskin cushion or whatever it is. And I sit down and I close my eyes and I meditate and I seek guidance. And um, this is kind of where my journey began of starting my menstrual cup business and working with women. And I had, I was given that direct transmission because it was something that I could do that was outside of the partnership. So it was like, here's your sovereignty, go work with women, go make menstrual cups, Mm. go do this work. And I will give you the transmissions. I will give you every person, place, thing, connection that you need to make this work. If you trust that you can, um, have a channel that's not through your partner. And it was really big for me. And he, I remember at the time, like when I told him I wanted to start doing women's circles, I received a lot of shame from him. Like um, all this kind of like, oh, that's not gender neutral and you shouldn't be doing that. And uh, like really interesting kind of manipulative behavior. And it took a lot for me to stand into my power and trust that I got this download this is going to work. I don't know what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. I've never facilitated anything for only women before, but I know that this is what I need to do. And like, here I am today, you know, um, this was maybe almost 10 years ago, like eight Mm -hmm. years ago. I think this was 2012. And, you know, the CEO of my business and really creating this beautiful tribe and network of um, sisterhood all across the globe. So, when I um, 
So for many years, I was doing this kind of nomadic backpacker thing where I was in and I just had this amazing Vedic astrology reading the other night, two hours, just like blew my mind. And it was really beautiful because he said that during that time, I was in what's called a Jupiter phase, which is like the phase of the guru. So he's like, you really didn't want to do anything, but have your like spiritual seeking. I'm like, that's true. I was living in Mm -hmm. India and Cambodia and Thailand and Vietnam and Costa Rica and I just wanted to live out of my backpack and sit at ashrams and shave my head and be with the swamis and like that was honestly all that I wanted for my life like money wasn't a thing um material things like almost I was like repulsed by the whole material world because all I wanted to do was know myself as like guru as spirit Mm -hmm. and then something transitioned where I became really focused on, okay, well, what does it look like if I slowly start coming into the world? What does it look like if I slowly start integrating all that I've learned in the spirit world and integrated it into the material world? And over the course of the last 10 years, I've been kind of like dabbling with, you know, increasing my worth, asking for prices that I deserve with clients, with workshops, with retreats, um, with my product. Like I remember it was $25 and then $28 and then $30 and then $33 and then 35, (laughs) you know, like slowly (laughs) incrementally, like picking up the pace of like, I can ask for this much and feel like worthy of that, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, so something happened when my child, my daughter started growing inside of me. All of a sudden, I realized that if I can't prove to myself my own worth, how am I ever going to support her in stepping into her worth? And so something really shifted from me being this like, oh, the world has my back. I'm just a spiritual seeker. I always have enough to like man, I want to like make something. I want something that I could pass down to my daughter. And this is like the ancient matriarchal lineage is like land was passed on from mother to daughter, not father to son. So in the matriarchal (laughs) lineage, we were actually set up to go from mother to daughter, to daughter, to daughter, to daughter. But then something switched when the patriarchy took over and we became completely codependent on the fathers, we lost the mysteries, we forgot completely who we are, we became in these like little nuclear tribes, little nuclear situations in our (laughs) homes, instead of in the big tribes supporting each other. And then it become father to son to son to son to son. Wow. And so when I was pregnant with my daughter, this mystery awakened inside of me to say, wow, I want to pass I need something to pass on to my daughter. I want to buy land and buy homes and have a thriving business that she can just step into and do whatever she wants with it, if that's what she wants. You know, but I want to show her how powerful I am and how um, how much I can bring dreams into reality to inspire her to do the same. And so over the course of my pregnancy, mainly because I wasn't able, like, Before I got pregnant, I was running around the island a lot, like doing demos here and doing workshops there and being at markets there and doing this class and that class and one yoga class over here and three yoga class. Like I was just kind of running around the island and I realized that I didn't have a lot of foundation. Mm -hmm. And so I, at that point, I really started to bring a lot into a foundational level and then I did like you said have that support of the father at the time during my pregnancy to kind of hold that masculine anchor so that I could be completely in my feminine Mm -hmm. and do business with a place of just um, intuition and passion and working when I felt like it and just really like the same thing that you said about communication where most people come from the opposite place that's how I am with business. Like I've always been very feminine in the way that I've done business. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because now the collective is coming into this place of 
well, what does it look like when we start doing business from the feminine? Well, what is this pleasure CEO? Well, what is this um, feminine CEO? What does this girl boss mean? You know, and for me, I step into these containers and I'm like, wow, I actually need to go a little bit more in the other direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, needed to, I need to learn how to make spreadsheets. I need to show up when I say I'm going to show up. I need to have to-do lists that I could check off. I need to like be reasonable with like a time frame, you know? So it was like, I kind of had to bring in more of these masculine essence qualities in order to ground the feminine anchor. And so what happened is a very similar thing. And the reason why I told you the other story, because with the father of my child, it was like the same thing happened where I, I started holding on to weight and, um, not really able to speak the fullness of my truth, being riddled with anxiety about what it would look like to be single. Would I be able to support myself? Would I be able to do all the things that I'm doing now? And I believe that I stayed in that relationship same, like longer than after the expiration date of that particular karmic Mm -hmm. um, connection, because I didn't know what it would look like on the other side. So it was the same thing of like being scared to speak my truth, being scared to be um, really vulnerable and clear about my needs and my desires or my unsatisfactions or what that would look like, because there was such a fear of, oh, my God, can I run my business and be a single mom at the same time? That was really scary. It was really like I haven't seen a lot of I'm, I'm now starting to see more and more. But, you know, I was raised by a single mom who was very stressed out bless you mom I'm obsessed with you and so grateful (laughs) however she was extremely stressed out I was in you know early it was called latchkey from like 7 a.m and then she wouldn't Mm -hmm, pick me up mm -hmm. until like 5 or 6 p.m she was overweight maxed out like paycheck to paycheck you know and then so it was hard it was fucking hard. My mom was really like not so available to be in her joy and her pleasure. Right. Because she was holding both of those roles. And this was before the time of online businesses and, and creating our own hours. And so she had like a very regimented nine to five job, um, nine to five job that really drained her essence while she was single mom of this child. Yeah. You know, so the archetype that I had of a single mom that I had had lived out through my DNA was really not one that stoked my fire. Right. And so it took, it took a lot to um, finally get to the place where I'm like, you know what, this is not working. And I can tell you, I mean, we can unpack and digest more of this. And I know that we'll continue going deeper I just want to tell you that since leaving that relationship, I discovered that I have 150% more energy, even though I'm doing like a thousand percent more things, Yes, (laughs) you know, like I'm cooking and I'm cleaning and I'm um, taking full care of her. I'm doing all the bedtime stories, all the playgrounds, all the morning routines, all the evening routines, like all the things I'm doing that I used to share 50, 50. Yeah. But I was spending so much time and energy looking at my partner going, what the fuck? Just step up. Just do this. If you just did that. And there was so much tension and so much almost like arguing and bickering Mm -hmm. and trying to like pull him or guide him or teach him or exchange with him. I didn't realize how much essence I was draining And then using this excuse of like, but he's doing so much. How could I possibly do that on my own? Because I was already exhausted. Right, right, right. Totally. I know. I I know what you mean. But it's getting me tired just thinking about it. (laughs) Yes. It's exhausting. Yes. Yes. It is. And it's more exhausting than, you know, and even I saw myself when I first um, separated. So we moved Um, as you know, from Big Island over to Kauai. And in the beginning, we were still like FaceTiming two to three times a day. And I was messaging all the time, like, are you available? 
our daughter is asking for you. She wants to talk to you. Where are you? What are you Mm -hmm. doing? Can you pay us this month? What's happening? Mm -hmm. You know, and I was still draining so much of my essence just by focusing on him. Yeah. Like it wasn't as much nearly as when we were living together. However, even just by focusing on him, I realized that still so much of my essence was draining. And then one day I just was like, you know what? You do you and I'm going to do us. Yep. Yep. And how much power did you gain from that choice? Yeah. I mean, it's been amazing. And then I stopped checking my messages 25 times a day to see if he was reaching out to connect with Andara. I stopped being angry that he wasn't connecting. I stopped judging what he was doing with his days and why he was doing it and how he could be doing it better. It's like I had to completely unplug. Yes. And just like, be like, okay, it's me, we're going to do this. And then like you said, really, um, I had to ask for support in the community. Like I had to hire a babysitter and a virtual assistant and a social media manager and someone to come deep clean my house every other week. And you know what? Hell yeah. Yeah. I've really (laughs) had to, because I'm like you, I, I, I enjoy being, I know the mysteries of the feminine and I want to be in my feminine. I have no problem like, um, learning to integrate the masculine and feminine, stepping into that, checking off my to-do list, making sure my bank accounts are on top of things. However, like in my day-to-day essence, I like to be feminine and flowy and magnetic. And so I thought that if if I could, you know, be, if this is how I need, I desire to be, what are the structures I need to put in place yes. to make that, to make that happen, Perfectly to make that available? Said. Perfectly said. Yes. Cause it is a balance. It's not all one or the other. And that's the, that's the like intention behind making it all work is finding that balance and just leaning more towards the one that makes you feel better. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. I just want to touch real quick about what you said about, um, like Mm -hmm. I I think you used the word unplugging and I've um, used the word like court, the words cord severing before when it comes to, um, energetically breaking off off with somebody. And let's just give a moment of like, grace to that because when you any woman takes in a man's seed and then produces a person with her body with that seed I mean that is some integrating of energy like you can't understand unless you've been through that experience right totally so what happens is like the child's DNA lives inside of us as we're creating the child so I know like I've seen pictures of you and you're pregnant and I'm like, wow, that's, that's Luna's essence yeah. coming out of you, <laughs> yeah. you know? And it's the same thing with my daughter, like mm-hmm. her groundedness and her vision and yeah. her musical nature. Like when I was pregnant, there were so many things that I was like, this is her, this is not yeah. me. This is her inside of me. Yeah. However, because she's half of him, Mm-hmm. His DNA is also inside of me. Yes. And it's not just the, because you said too, like we created life together. It's not just like, oh, we had a sexual intimate exchange and then it was easy to kind of clear that out on my next period. No, we actually created this life together and she's orically imprinted in my body for seven years. And if she's orically imprinted in my body and I'm not trying to clear her out because I'm actually holding the container so that she can develop into the perfection of who she is. Yes. But that also means that half of her is him and he's also orically imprinted in my DNA for seven years. Very interesting. I have never heard that exact um, time span um, be articulated in that way. That what is significant about the seven year, um, what happens then? Well, I, it's, yeah, it's just like a, like an auric thing. So our auric is like our energetic field. And so our children are orically, like we're containing them energetically for their first seven years of life. Because after seven, you know, they become a little bit more independent. Right. um, And they become a little bit more independent in their energy field as well. So 
those first seven years are really important because we are not only their physical guardians, we're like the guardians of their energy. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. I um, I heard a mother talk about one time, she has two children with different dads and she's not with either of the dads. She's also an unattached siren mama. And she was talking about how she's looking at her two daughters and seeing the aspects of like her exes come out of them and how watching them helps her to remember the love that she had for those men Mm. um, and to like not just hold them in um, like a negative light or an annoying light or whatever that she's like, wow, look at that's a part of my daughter and Mm -hmm. and that's a part of my other daughter. And I love that about her and I love that about him. And I just thought that was really cool. I know looking at my daughter, Luna, I mean, it's fascinating to me the certain, certain, like, minute aspects of her dad's personality that comes out in her that I'm just like, that's amazing. I mean, he lives in another state. The, the time mm-hmm. that's together is so small, and yet he is there, you know, mm-hmm. in a very, very um, clear way that is just fascinating to me. And I love that because he's he's has so many amazing qualities, and that's why – when I met him, I was like, oh, my God, I want to make a baby with him. Like, this baby's going to be perfect. And she is, you know. It's like I saw that. Yeah, so there's two things I want to touch upon. The first one is I did not see my dad for 25 years, and we're very similar. Like, Ooh. we have so many, like, similarities, personality similarities, like, physical similarities, like, weird, like, we both don't eat onions similarities, just so many <laughs> things, you know. And it, it's like the whole nature versus nurture thing. But what I really want to say is that it was also Luna who was inside of you contracted to choose her dad. So the whole time that I was pregnant and postpartum and even, you know, like I went through so many waves with um, my daughter's father, so many waves. And each wave, I remember hearing this voice inside of me that said she chose him for a reason. So like, I believe that the soul of my daughter, when she was in the veil between worlds, you know, choosing to live out her soul's mission, what's the best way that I could live into my soul's mission? Okay, I need these kind of parents in this kind of way, she chose the single mom experience for whatever reason, because we needed to heal that in our bloodline. I truly believe that the more me forgiving my ex means that Andara doesn't have to relive it because my mother never forgave my father. Oh my God, girl. Yeah. Yeah. That gives me goose skin. That makes me just well up in tears. That is so powerful and poignant and damn same here my mom and I'm not even gonna say she was an unattached siren mama because she she knows as well as I was that she wasn't she was straight up a single mom yeah working you know at jobs that she hated putting us in daycare hustling and like and her mission was like I need to find another husband ASAP right that was like her mindset and I'm Mm. glad she did because my stepdad's amazing and he raised me and I love him forever um but that's not um, – that wasn't the same thing as what you just right. said. That's not the same thing yeah. as forgiveness, as healing, as stepping into your power, as showing a great yeah. example of what a woman can do. Yeah. And side note, like I would love to like have a, a family that feels substantial and it has masculine and feminine energy and you know more children and all of that. Like that would be great. But I'm not attached to that if I am always just me and Luna, like that's great too, you know? And I don't think my mom was able to see that. And I felt like it was important for me to heal that the way you just said that so perfectly. Wow. I'm glad we recorded that shit. You guys were talking. I was like, damn, why did we record that shit? (laughs) And we did. (laughs) Woo. Yeah. And it's so important to have those bigger pictures because then we stop taking it personally. Like when I come, when I step out of my own experience and I look with like a bird's eye view with a totally, without my agenda, without my trips, without my ego, without my judgments, 
all I see is the love that we had, all of the soul contracts, all of the karmic contracts that are playing out within all of the dynamics across both of our family lineages. And the fact that this child straight up chose both of us at the time that she did to embody herself so that she could live out her soul's mission. And she's healing both the bloodlines by doing so. So it's, I mean, it's, it's so amazing when we can see more than just like, what a jerk he cheated on me. Right. I hate him. Right. You know, and that was the paradigm of my mother. What a jerk he cheated on me. I hate him. I don't want anything to do with him. And that was never healed. So of course I have to come in and be like, okay, brother cheated, brother this, but okay, well, how can I even not even forgiveness, but like find the place of love and meaning. So like moving out of like that happened to me to like, this is happening for us in a deeply meaningful way so that we could actually further embody the mission that we are. And how can I inspire other women to be like, being a single mom or being a siren mom or being whatever it is that you want to call it is not a disease. It's not a disorder. It's not um, uh, something that you need to apologize for. It's okay to be late because it's only you doing the whole morning routine. And like, like all these things are okay. And I think for me, I had to get over just a deep shame and being like, oh my God, I'm a single mother. Yeah. Like I never in my life wanted that position ever. Like I never signed up for it. Right. I never took the, the I never, I never applied for the job. I never wrote my resume. Like I didn't take the courses. <laughs> no. And it's like, I just, I had to get past that. Like there's something shameful about being a single mom because that means I failed. Right. And I think that's the biggest hurdle to get over is like, we didn't fail. We're actually, and I was giving advice to this mom the other day who is in this really toxic relationship. She has a daughter, two-year-old daughter, and I was just kind of jamming out with her. And she comes from a um, very religious background in which her mother had 11 children very unhappily like her body failed her many times the relationship was like not juicy and beautiful but she was like believed that when you're in a family you just gotta like grunt it out because that's what you do and so that's the advice that she was giving her daughter and her daughter was like I know this is different I know that this isn't okay and so as I was talking to her and I was like listen look at everybody who you're getting advice from and make sure that you're only getting advice from people who you who you would be okay emulating their existence or who you would I was like so I'm a single mom so like you're gonna get advice from my situation of like I will not take a relationship that's half-assed over being scared of being a single mom. That's right. You know, like I'm more courageous of knowing that I deserve something better and that's more in alignment for both myself and my daughter. So I'm not going to give you advice that it's okay to bear and grunt it out. I'm going to actually let you know. I'm going to give you tools in your relationship if there's places that you can work it out. But if one partner's not willing, there's nothing. If one partner's not willing. And that's actually, Sarah, what happened with my relationship is, One day, um, my partner at the time just said, like, hey, I'm no longer willing to do those things. And what I said to him is, okay, then game's over. If you're not willing, I'm not willing. And so for me, as long as two people are willing and actually showing up, like, it's one thing to be like, I'm willing to quit smoking pot and, like, not actually do it. Right. (laughs) It's another thing to be like, I'm willing, I'm trying, I'm doing the work, I'm showing up. Right doing my yogic or my tai chi or whatever my practices are you know but when one partner is just not willing and not showing up what are we holding on to we're holding on to the idea that being in a relationship that's dead is scarier than or is more gratifying than being um solo preach it sister preach it yes (laughs) i love that Absolutely. I remember like being pregnant and looking, you know, my partner in the eye and being like, 
we will never, ever break up this family. Like never. We both of our parents divorced when we were little, you know, so we were Mm -hmm. both like, we'll never do that. Well, our kid will never have to be like every other weekend kid or whatever. Right. So that was really like a promise that I made to myself and to my family and to, to break that promise was really hard. But I had a, a friend who like, I was in, I was not the me that I am right now. Let's just put it that way. I remember looking at myself in the mirror in the final months of that relationship and being like, who is this person? Like Mm. not recognizing myself at all. I was not myself. I was Mm -hmm. just so like beaten out. Like my, my personality and myself was so beaten out. And I looked at my daughter and I was like, is this what you want to teach her? Is this what you want to show her? Is this what you want for her to find in the relationship in the future? Because look at Sarah, that's what you just did. I didn't even realize how much my daughter's dad and my dad had in common until Mm. after I gave birth to her and that the symptoms started coming up, you know, and I was like, pattern broken now. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you, you took that through Luna because I think a lot of times like, we stand up for our daughters more than we stand up for ourselves. Like we stand up for their worth before our own in this really weird way. And like definitely want to invite ourselves to like stand up for our own worth as much as we stand up for theirs. But I had to do the same thing. I was like, what am I showing her? And actually I love the last time that I saw you when we were at the beach and I love the type of friend you are where you're like, I'll say what needs to be said in whatever way it needs to be said. And, um, you know, we were having a day with daddy and he made a very rude comment to my body and you were just like, excuse me. Do you know that everything that you are saying to her mother, she's imprinting and she's trying, going to try to find a man exactly like you to say those exact same things to her. And I got so like mama bear defensive. And I was like, I've been trying to tell you that all along. And like, you just don't listen and what's wrong with you. And this is, and when I came to you and said like I'm so distraught because I can't change him and I can't take him away from her but like what is he teaching her and you you said to me Alila you're teaching her how to stand up for herself by being who you are and that was huge for me because what it did is it enabled me to have the responsibility and the empowerment in that moment and not just feel like a victim of what right. he's showing because I'm like, Oh, you're right. By me leaving that relationship, by me standing up for myself, by me saying yep. that's not okay by me, actually like recently he was treating me um, without honor and respect. And I was just like, then I don't want to talk to you. And I think we went two weeks of just like, I'm like, and Dara and I are just not available to connect with you right now because I'm busy. Um, I'm busy, you know, recollecting the fragments of our nervous system and being fully focused on our joy. Yes. And pleasure. Yes. I love that. Thank you for telling me that, honey. That just makes me want to cry. I love you so much. And that, that right there, just saying this is not okay is a huge lesson. Yes. And I learned that from listening to a woman speak who was abused by her um, family growing up. And she was like an adult now and an advocate for like against child abuse. The only reason she knew was because a stranger on the bus bypassed her abusive parents. And looked her as a child in the eye and said, the way that they are treating you is not okay. And because mm. of that stranger, she was like, it was the first time she ever like had the concept of something not being okay, you know? And it's like, I don't have the control to change how a person's talking to me. I don't have the control to um, change how they're treating me in that moment necessarily. But I do have the power, especially in front of my daughter to say, hey, this is not okay. And you are so powerful. And Dara's watch. I, you say her vision. I'm watching her, watching you all the time. And she's taking it in. You are creating mm-hmm. an absolute powerful woman. And also, I just want to touch real quick because you made the 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 comment um, that people sometimes say grin and bear it, and like not let's not grin and bear it. I just wanted to like highlight that because let's never. <laughs> ever ladies let's never grin and bear it that's the worst advice I've ever Mm -hmm. heard anyone ever give Mm -hmm. let's never ever Mm -hmm. do that like let our smiles be authentic 
let's like fight against what's not okay. Let's make change. Let's be the change. Let's make it different. Never will we grin and bear it. Never. Damn. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's important too, like, um, you know, coming back to that idea of being in our feminine and like running a business and being a mama and all these things. Like there's so many times, like even right now I'm like, okay, I'm going to get off this call and I have a really long to-do list and a lot of emails. And I was like, I'd really love to just like shake my butt and like get a little sweat, (laughs) you know? And, And in that way where I'm like, I almost, I need to prioritize pleasure first because then it makes me so much more productive because then I sit down at my computer and I look at my to-do list and I'm like, I can do that. Whereas like sometimes it feels so overwhelming to the point of paralysis and I sit down at my computer and I'm like pulled in many different directions Um, just to give myself the gift of moving my body or feeling my body or getting inside my body. If that's like a quick dance break or a 15 minute workout um, makes all the difference. That's in my schedule. I never work before moving or pleasure or even just masturbating. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? I got a lot more to do. I need some pleasure first, you know, or having sex. Yeah. But the pleasure, Yeah. And the pleasure and the sex is actually like the vehicle that puts us in our creative flow. It's so true. You know, it gets everything. It gets all the juices literally flowing. And then we are more confident. We are more witty. We are more funny. We are more creative, you know, than just sitting down and being like, damn, I really wish like something was different right now. (laughs) To me, making this life fun is very important and one after moving after like getting out in nature after pleasure uh, you know and laughing it's like oh my gosh let's do this like let's get creative what are you gonna make next like what product Mm -hmm. are you know as my my people gonna love like what's gonna really serve and like oh what gets me fired up and how can I be creative and oh what's a good story to tell and it's like then it gets really fun I love it I Mm -hmm. love it and I want Mm -hmm. so here's the team that I manifested to put out this online course that is Peacock School happening right now. I was like, um, okay, um, how are we going to get this going? Like, you know, what, what's first? And um, they were kind of like, it's two men, by the way. And they were like, you know, okay, we got this. I'm kind of stressed out. Like I'm freaking out, like deadlines happening. Da, da, da. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's <laughs> slow this train down, you guys, because when everybody opens up their emails and goes to the Facebook group, I want them to feel good. I want them to feel pleasure and mm-hmm. fun and happy and smiles and laughs. Not your stress that you're feeling right now. That's going to transmute. Uh-huh. And I do not want anybody feeling like that. So we all like got up, you know, shook it around. <laughs> like you said, shake my butt. Like made them laugh. Like I was like, you guys, this is, this is worrying and stressing has no value right now. Like we are not going to do that. And it totally, like, we were all laughing and having Absolutely. fun. And I know that people will feel that when they, like, dive in. And that's that's what's important is yes. that energetic. And you pick up your from school. Like, do you want to feel stressed or do you want to feel happy to see them and let them feel that, you know, or anything we're doing? Yes. And I've, yes. And I've actually noticed, well, you know, a few things is, first of all, like, the way that I send emails, even the energy behind, like, I really need this account. I really need this money. Like what's happening. Give me the like this versus like, Hey, beautiful. Sending you aloha blessings. Just wanting to like check in. I was thinking about you. How's the, you know, like, and receiving that the other end of that creates an openness. And the other thing that I've realized too, like with being a mom and running a business is I've had to be really ninja about um, my time. So in this way, and I just want to say this too, because I, it's been a challenge for me juggling even like calling my sisters back, like having conversations with friends or touching up on whatever, because it's like I'm prioritizing pleasure and then I'm prioritizing being present with my daughter and then I'm prioritizing getting my emails and I'm prioritizing doing this and I need to read that book and I need to do myself. And it's like, (laughs) 
holding all of the things, it's like, I don't even have time to like have conversations with my friends. And I noticed that when I was distilling my energy a lot, my daughter actually started acting out Mm. a lot more. And so having spaces where I'm like, I have a nanny here that's not my laptop, so I can get the work done that I need to get done. And when the nanny leaves, my phone yep. goes somewhere else, and I'm fully present yep. with my daughter. And she, like, totally stopped acting out. But it's hard. It's hard to be like, listen, bestie, I've been wanting to talk to you for three weeks. I know it seems really weird for me to tell you that I just, like, I'm trying to, like, schedule it all in. But, like, it's really a thing right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, like, having to focus on, you know, like, my daughter needs me more than that conversation. Or my daughter needs me more than me listening to that podcast. And, like, letting whatever it is in whatever moment it is be your path of enlightenment. Because that's kind of, like, I've had to really forgive myself and be like, it's okay, Alila. You'll get it all done right now. Being fully present with your daughter is your path of enlightenment and nothing That's else right. exists. Right now, sending out this email and like making this happen is your path of enlightenment to do this business in this way and nothing else exists. And it's like we really have to like um, be able to to see those energies too and just um, be more unapologetic in that it's okay that it looks really yes. different. And it takes time. You know, you're kind of a fret. It totally takes it. time. And like, I really get filled up by my conversations with my girlfriends. But I'll say, like, I don't have 20 girlfriends. You know, I have like six. And like, yeah. I, there's seven days in the week, you know? And I don't have, like, what I do is I'm like, okay, these are my six girlfriends that I want to make sure I check in with every month. And I literally have it written down because otherwise a lot of time will go by and I'll be like, shit, what happened? You know? And sometimes I don't even have time for a phone call, but I'll make a little video, you know, like it's almost like a personal totally. Instagram story. Totally. Like, hey, babe, I just yeah. you know that I love you and I'm thinking about you and like, you know, that's it. <laughs> the end. Like it took me 30 seconds or something. And like my, I'm obsessed with listening to podcasts and, and reading and listening to audiobooks and so like when I'm driving yes. I'm not sitting here thinking like about my to-do list that I can't accomplish while I'm driving that's really stressful to me you know <laughs> like instead I, I'm, yeah. I'm listening to my podcast and if Luna's in the car yeah. with me most of the time I'm just talking with her but sometimes I'm not yeah. in a good place to talk with her so I put her raffy music on in the back and I put on my earbuds and I'm listening to Marie Forleo, you know, we're both happy. Mm-hmm. And I want to teach that to her. I want to teach her like we can be next to each other and doing different things and feel that like compatibility with each other, feel that camaraderie, you know. Um, and when I'm doing the yes. dishes, it's like, what, am I going to be listening to like that Miley Cyrus song again? Or am I going to be <laughs> listening to Tony Robbins fucking laying it down, getting me excited about what I'm going to do next in my business, you know? And so... Totally. But then when I'm playing with Luna, like I played Elsa and Anna yesterday for a good 30 minutes <laughs> and I really rocked my role as Anna. I just want to say, you know, I took it. I took that shit seriously. <laughs> I was like my braids. I had a dress wrapped around my neck like a cape and we had it going on, you know, nice. and then in those moments, like I know, like it's like budgeting your money, you know, it's like I got a little bit in savings. I got a little bit that I'm spending. I got a little bit that I'm investing. And it's, like, fun in that way because it's, like, a game, you know, rather than, like, a weight on my head or on my shoulders. That way I get a little mm-hmm. bit of everything, but maybe it doesn't look like it did before I was a mom or before I had my own business, you know, or before I would talk to my girlfriend, totally. like, all the time, like, just sitting at a coffee shop, which, yeah, that was fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember, like, postpartum, I would sit for hours and just nurse in Dara and then, like talk to my mom and then my best friend and then my other my ex would come (laughs) in he'd be like yeah and he'd be like do you just talk on the phone all day I'm like I'm doing some work right now do you understand but yes I do just talk on the phone (laughs) all day (laughs) yeah totally it's just allowing the different seasons and phases to be like the different seasons and phases and like 
my biggest thing is this to shall yep. pass, you Be know, present. knowing that every to. you are one of those tried and true sisters that I just am so thankful for. Thank you, sister. I love you so much. And it was such an honor to be with you and your tribe today. I will um, put in the links everywhere where everyone can find you because you have so much to offer and you're giving so much of yourself and they will all benefit. So all those links will be available. And um, I just love you, girl. Thank you. Aloha. Thank you so much for listening to the Show It Off podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing it with at least one friend right now. Thank you for leaving a review on Apple Podcasts so other people can find this podcast. And thank you for going to sarahfayshoff.com to sign up to be a part of the community and get more support from me in your self-love journey. Thank you so much for being a part of this and for listening. Once again, you are perfectly made. So go ahead and show it off.